And hello, thank you for stopping by. This is Misfits, Wanderers, and the rest of us. And I am your host, Rich Levesque. We've got a pretty awesome episode today, as we do every day. Well, every day we do an episode. We don't do an episode every day, but you get what I'm saying. The title of this one is Free Flow, and my guest is Emily Lynch. Emily is based in San Diego, and she is a yoga instructor, Reiki healer, intuitive coach, and all-around kick-ass human. We went all kinds of different directions on this episode, which is why I call it Free Flow, because that is exactly what we did. We went from talking about food rewards to Taco Bell, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. We also shifted gears and we talked about what becoming our best selves can look like going to the damage that we've caused ourselves in life because of our own trauma learning to communicate our own needs falling in love with yourself before being ready to fall in love with another and how ultimately we all have an amazing story whether we see it or not a lot of really great stuff in there some of it's light and some of it's pretty heavy and it's all delicious and worthwhile i will note there were a couple of instances where m's audio got a little funky and it sounded like she was a little bit underwater and i chose to keep most of it in because the content was in my opinion too good to pass up gonna be a little over 30 minutes in and it's about five or six minutes and then it comes back so just throwing that out there for the sake of transparency and i hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoy recording it we spoke at we're live we are live oh ho, ho, i did it i did it i did it i did it i, did it. I feel like i deserve a cookie for this i think so I think so. so. I'm not big on food rewards, but I mean, why wouldn't you uh, deserve it? Hey, yeah, back in the day, food was very much a, a reward thing. Mm-hmm. Not only was it a re- candy would be kind of a reward. Yeah. But also, I was one of those who was very much, you better clean your plate. And, oh, my parents could play the waiting game. Oh, God, they were good. We would get past the news and we would get past Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. And oh, they would wait me out. My brother would have like three cookies and he'd be like, hey, look what I got. And they're like, got him in my face. And I'm like still there pissed off about my green beans. Oh, yeah. I wasn't much of like a plate cleaner. If I liked the food, like I would lick the plate, but it wasn't like enforced. They always said to clean your plate, but it was never enforced. We just, my mom is a guru with leftovers, so we just put it back. We're all eating as a family. So she's like, all right, you won't eat it today. You're going to have it in something else tomorrow. (laughs) I actually got myself into the habit of, (laughs) once I learned that cleaning my plate got me what I wanted, then, Ah. oh, all of a sudden, oh man, I was all, I was eating everything. Like, oh, wow. I don't get in trouble. (laughs) Uh-huh. What if I eat seconds, I could get more and I get the cookie. So yeah. that works really well through. Oh gosh. And then that turned into me learning how to binge when I was 15, 16. And it wasn't really the cookies. It wasn't even the candy. Yeah. It was, there was pizza. If there yeah. was pasta, 
anything with flour, I would demolish. I got away with it until I was about 30 and my metabolism changed. And all of a sudden, yeah, I just hit 30 and I used to be like, I'm 31 now. And I used to hear people say, wait until your metabolism changes. You won't be able to eat all that anymore. I have never had trouble eating. I've been a very good eater my whole life. <laughs> um, I would I would ask for seconds if I liked it and if I wanted more. Like I zero problems um, as far as eating like constantly. And I graze all throughout the day too. Like a handful of almonds here. Like I have peanut butter cups sitting right next to me. <laughs> it's just always. I love food, man. <laughs> yeah. Carbs, especially pizza. I have pizza in the refrigerator right now. It's been my last two meals. It's delicious. I love pizza. I get exactly what I want on it. Like, it's perfect. It's the perfect meal for me. Pizza, burritos, and sushi are like my three main food groups. That works. Although I've never, I've never eaten sushi. You've never eaten sushi? I think sushi. I might be the one person left. Yeah, I can't do it. Not even like a fried roll. I got hooked with a fried roll. They started me out. They're like, well, this one's cooked. It's, it's deep fried. You'll like it. And I did. <laughs> and I never went back. Now I'll eat like sashimi, which is just the fish. Like I'll eat a whole plate of toro, the salmon belly sashimi. I call it the bacon of the sea. It is delicious. Okay. Yeah. Now you're starting to get my attention. I'll get you on. If you make your way out to San Diego, I will turn you on to sushi. I love sushi. Sushi and curry. Japanese curry. I so sweet I and so spicy. Oh, yeah. I make peanut butter curry ramen and I make sure to have as many veggies as I do ramen noodles. <laughs> and that's like, that's my version of balance. I'm like, if I'm going to eat the junk, cause ramen, ramen's junk. Like it's amazing. But if you're making it it's at home, out of junk. packaged fried noodle, it's, it's junk. Um, so I make sure to put at least a salad worth of veggies into my ramen and then i feel like it's not as bad it's actually kind of good basically you're you're making a soup and you're putting everything in it it's not just like what i used to do in college okay slam the package into the hot pot because you're too broke to go to the cafeteria and there you go and boom you have a meal it's hot it's salty it's great It's, it's the perfect like broke kid food yeah, it, you feel full when you're done, so you felt like you actually yeah, had some substance. No nutrition, but substance. <laughs> yeah. And, oh my goodness! Perfect. What and, else? Oh, what are your junk food like go tos? Oh my goodness! Yeah, and yeah. Nora's on board with you. She's like, I, I should try to fried sushi. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. And hi, Nora. My Hoosier friend, I miss your face. But anyway, to answer your question, as far as my go-to junk food, I, I can go for fries. I can crush yeah. fries, um, occasionally chips. I don't always go for candy or things that are like really sugary because yeah. I feel like when I get a lot of sugar in me at once, I feel like hot garbage afterwards. Oh, yeah. That's how I feel eating meat, chicken or beef, hot garbage. It just doesn't react well with my system anymore. I haven't had red meat in probably over 12 years. It's been well over 10. Chicken. 
I'll admit when I used to get really drunk, I'd go and get Mexican food and get like a chicken burrito and then wake up the next morning and be like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Mm. Uh, it's, it's double the hot garbage when you throw drinking in the mix. Yeah. Now I get I have to ask this question because yeah. of my own experience. When you say uh-huh. Mexican food, do you really mean Mexican food or are you just politely saying Taco Bell? No, no, Mexican food. I live in San Diego. Like taco shops are open 24 hours out here. Taco Bell is not. And don't get me wrong. I like to put potatoes in a gordita crunch. Take out the meat, just potatoes in a gordita crunch. Oh my God. The pita, the cheese. It's not even, it's plastic cheese. It's so good. Now, let me tell you, when I was asking you that question, that was my honest admittance that that's what we used to do. We would go hit Taco Bell afterwards. Yeah. And it would double my hangover the next morning because we didn't I've have really good Mexican food up here. It's ah. gotten a lot better now. There's good places now. But in my 20s, there was Taco Bell. Yeah. And that was it. Oh, yeah. Ah, that hurts my heart. What? Oh, man. The last time I went to Taco Bell was my first gist. Oh, yeah. I needed the comfort food. I needed the like crunchy, soft gordita crunch. Like that's the last time I was there. Yeah. There's some, there's something to be said about it. It's really soothing to go and know that you can get the exact same thing at any fast food place. Like any Taco Bell you go to, if you ask for that, there's like the, it's reliable. You can trust it, especially when you're drunk. (laughs) It's just like, I know I can get exactly what I want at this place. They will have it. I want salty. I want carbs. <laughs> I even want the plastic cheese. Yes, please. Can I get extra? I like extra plastic cheese. And it's great. Like, I'm not knocking Taco Bell. I, my grandpa loves Taco Bell. Loves the place. Taco Bell and Chick-fil-A are his like spots. He knows the workers there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Chick-fil-A is another one. Like when I could, back when I would eat that stuff. Yeah. Thankfully, even now they're, They've started to come up this way, but they're at least 30 minutes away from me now. So uh-huh. there's that. There's no impulse. My niece loves Chick-fil-A. She loves Taco Bell, too. My ne- Both of the kids do. My niece and my nephew yeah. are all over that. I wonder if it was the first time I went to Chick-fil-A. It, it was down south. It was in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I heard, I see these commercials all the time up here. And, you know, they're funny with the cows and stuff. And yeah. I've never been in one. I walked in, me and my Massachusetts accent, and they could pick out that I was not a local. So, <laughs> you know, the counter was like, have you been to a Chick-fil-A before, sir? I'm like, no. How can you tell? And then she was just like, well, when we have somebody here for the first time, we give them free ice cream. And I'm like, I never got free ice cream my first Chick-fil-A visit. I don't know if they just don't do it anymore because this would have been 2009, 2010. So this is going way back. Yeah. Because they probably would have gotten kids. Like, I would have totally done this as a kid. I would have, like, gone with as soon as every yeah. time I saw somebody new at the counter, be like, hey, it's my first time here. Ice cream me up. And I imagine they, they must lose all kinds of money with bratty kids like my younger self taking mm-hmm. advantage of loopholes and just bleeding ice cream. I'm okay with bleeding uh, Chick-fil-A dry for the sake of free ice cream. That would be all right with me. They're donating all this money to, you know, anti-LGBTQ causes. I'm okay with swiping a free ice cream for the cost. True. They I would do that. <laughs> Pen- penance. 
Yeah, come on, guys. You've got tons of money. You're using it for these flagrantly violating human rights causes. <laughs> let's let's divvy out the ice cream now. Come on. Now that you mention it, I, I think I might corrupt other people into learning how to do that. Because I'm one of those, like, I don't, there's places that I will, like, not go to, but I yeah. don't necessarily believe in boycotts. And the reason why I don't is because these big companies, they've buffered themselves. You're not going to hurt oh, a CEO. Yeah. They're, they've planned that out. They know who does get hurt is the single mom of three trying trying to make a rent. It's going to be the people that need the money that, are getting, that get screwed. Yeah. And there's counter arguments to that, of course, that are valid. But that's my take on boycotts. For me, it's just you can... Just make habits of doing better at going to places that ultimately there's going to be times where you're going to have to go to some place where you kind of don't feel good going in because yeah. it might be the only game in town and you have to get A, B, and C. But mm-hmm. trying to do better at finding the alternatives and finding places that feel good for you and really oh. kind of focus on that. What feels good? What feels light? What takes you out of a lack mindset? Instead yeah. of not worrying about, oh crap, if I get it over here, I spend a dollar twenty less, which it's easy to get into that space. I know mm-hmm. it from my own experience. It, oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's trying to just, put the number puzzle together and uh, my perspective on that is that my money is my energy. It is a token of my energy. I am not going to tell anyone else where they should spend the tokens of their energy, but I'm going to spend my energy with local businesses like coffee. I used to be the huge Starbucks fan. Huge. I had like a membership since 2010. I was one of their gold members and had that fancy card that was really shiny. And then I realized like I am putting all of my energy into this major corporation that is really like they're okay as far as how they treat their employees. They have a really nice scholarship program for their employees that do want to continue their education. But other than that, it's still like a minimum wage slinging coffee job and they have to put up with so much i just don't want to go in there and be like hi <laughs> i want my venti uh quad quint if you can venti caramel macchiato yeah i go to local shops now and i'll spend my money at somewhere here in san diego i really like lofty or better buzz which is growing rapidly their coffee is really good though so I helped with that (laughs) a lot. (laughs) But there's, um, here in San Diego, there are alternatives. There are local mom and pop shops that are alternatives. I know that's not the case everywhere. I know I'm super privileged that I get to live in a place where I can shop local and shop small and afford to shop local and shop small. These are mom and pop shops. They're, They're not able to mass produce things the way that larger corporations are. They're going to cost more. Yeah. And so I get that it's a super privileged place to be able to be conscious of, yeah, I'm paying more, but it's going back into my community. You know, I'm, I'm getting some kid their piano lessons or dance lessons instead of getting some CEO one of the payments on their Ferrari or Lambo, you know, to each their own. <laughs> right. But I hear you like, actually, before the pandemic, I used to go and I would bounce around coffee shops because I would go and write or go and 
yeah. get things done. And if I'm sitting in the house, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of distractions. I would tell myself a story that I like to work a little later in the day. So I needed to make sure that I had to go to Starbucks because they were open until eight. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't go anywhere else because they were closed at like three or four because they would be open for yeah. you know, the morning and then they would whatever afternoon, maybe lunch rush. And then they were done. Yes. And it, then all of a sudden it realized, well, I could always just go do it earlier in the day and go to the gym later on or still do other things that are that I can get accomplished. Mm-hmm. And go figure. They know you. They know what you want. That's why I worked in dive bars. Uh, my favorite places that I've worked have been dive bars where I'm the, like, the end-all be-all of management because I'm the only one in the building. I knew a lot of my customers before they walked in the door. I'm like, oh, Walt's late today. <laughs> it's 3.15. <laughs> He's usually here at 3. Who's going to drink this Coors Light I poured it? Uh, but I love that little community camaraderie that happens in the local spots as well. You can feel an energetic difference. And it's a dive bar. It's full of neons. There's no windows. Like there's no reason for that place to feel energetically good or soothing, but it does. So I'm convinced it's, it's, it's the people, it's the, the public house energy, that, that family camaraderie. Like, yeah, we don't all like each other, but that's a lot like family. Right. We all know each other. We all meet up here. <laughs> yeah. One of the low-key fun parts of my day that I don't I don't admit to myself is I love to hang out here and bitch about Larry over in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Larry and his stupid music. Why is he always playing the stupid music on the jukebox? Jeez, Larry. It's a real thing. Back again? Come on. Oh, my God. Oh, I did used to hear like a decent amount of Nickelback in this bar I'm talking about. <laughs> it was awful (sighs) it's just the amount of it that i heard was not great i have nothing against nickelback i am i gonna put them on myself no am i gonna wail when they come on no Uh, they're they're not they're harmless but they're not my jam yeah exactly exactly it's like they're okay i mean i don't want to be like they're not noteworthy everybody knows who they are either Somebody somewhere actually does like them. A lot of them won't admit it. Or somebody's pulling the wool and like, it's like the greatest sham ever known to man because we're just getting (laughs) inundated with. I just like, there's this song that I keep hearing, but it's just the one lyric. Look at this photograph on her. (laughs) 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 It's just going around. Look at this photograph. (laughs) yeah my brain's a trip but how many times do you get to see that nickelback guy that i can't remember his name holding that holding that frame and there's something in it yeah i haven't seen the meme i saw the music video it's like him walking around an abandoned train station or a very empty train station it looks very middle america very like just off of main street Although I think they're Canadian, so it might have been somewhere in Canada. So, I mean, I don't know. But. <laughs> you just blew my mind. <laughs> oh, are they Canadian? They are Canadian. That's true. <laughs> like I said, it's not one of my favorite bands. <laughs> but I know yeah, who it, they are. Yes, now I know where they're from. If this other stuff doesn't work out, 
I can always just go back to useless music information and just create something off of that. Yeah. Now I know. I used to be engrossed by Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, just so you know. When you were like, the news was done and then Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy came on. And I was like, oh, that's late, man. Yeah. <laughs> but then I used to turn it on in my bar when I was bartending because I was watching it. <laughs> now that I say that out loud, I'm like, I probably wasn't the greatest employee at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but i love jeopardy i love jeopardy i cried when alex died i cried yeah many it was just a good game yeah absolutely now i have a question for you when out in san diego is it wheel of fortune first and then jeopardy or is it the other way around wheel of fortune then jeopardy okay because that's what we grew up with yeah and somewhere in high school a couple of buddies were watching it and we we thought that's just what happened. That was like canon or some sort of law that Wheel of Fortune yeah. would come first. So we believe that they set us up with Wheel of Fortune because we're sitting there and we're like, we always know what the answer is before anybody else does. And I figured mm-hmm. everybody did. So it's like, all right, you're feeling good. You're feeling smart. You are feeling like you can crush life. And then all of a sudden Jeopardy comes on and you're just like... <laughs> yeah you don't know nothing yeah you don't know a damn thing what mid-century author wrote this tale about so and so i don't know i I still don't know i heard the answer i still don't know jeopardy's hard i was always impressed when i had like a good jeopardy match you know shouting at the tv i felt really good after watching it i knew at least a quarter of those answers (laughs) (laughs) when i was in i would have been still in high school my grandfather used to have this glorified it was a glorified calculator is what it was and Mm -hmm. he would he would answer and he would keep track of the score. And it was set up like you could do it one player or two, two or three players. Yeah. Other people in the house, you could have a competition and see who got it. Yeah. I was 16 at the time. And I'm like, all right, let's go, old man. I was feel for whatever reason, I was feeling really cocky that day. <laughs> and I happened to, I got lucky. There was like three or four topics that I hit and I was just rolling on them. And it was really close. Until Final Jeopardy. We were within a couple hundred points. Yeah. And my Anybody's dad been. and my one of my uncles was there too. And they were like, okay, you got to pull away. You, you have to let him win. You have to let him win. It, that's just how it works. What? You let him win. And I was just like, <laughs> no. I didn't grow up in that family. <laughs> And so I don't remember what the question was or the, or the I remember what the answer was, but mm-hmm. I ended up, we both got it, but I wagered, I ended up wagering more than he did. So I ended up winning. Yes. And, oh, he got up, slams the thing down, storms off at his room and slams the door. Mm-hmm. 
they're, they're all looking at me like I was the one who did everything, did something wrong. I'm like, <laughs> he should have put a better bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you have to make it a competition if you're going to be such a sore loser? Like, what's right. up, man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was well known in my family. Like, if we're competing, we're actually competing. There's none of this let them win stuff. There was no letting win growing up. It was like, no, we're all playing and uh, the winner's the winner. Yeah. This, Suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> Except Monopoly. I used that. to cheat at Monopoly all the time. I did. I made myself banker. Everyone knew I was just shit with math in general, but I would still claim banker before my sisters. Good times. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's unwritten law that if you're the banker in Monopoly, you're going to cheat. Yeah, it's like extra 200 each time you pass go, right? Is that, yeah. That's normal. And, you know, oh, get yeah, one, two, oh. Oh, I, I didn't mean to take it off the five hundred dollar stack. I was going for the one hundred dollar long. Yeah. How much are these hotels? How about I just buy a hotel and skip the houses? That sounds good. That, that I can work with that. That's reasonable. <laughs> oh yeah, I was not good at Monopoly. <laughs> no, I was. I was very mm-hmm. impatient. Mm-hmm. And I kept, I would either keep fighting to get something on Ford Walker Park Place or, and then totally miss opportunities in other spots. Or I would just yeah. go all in on like Baltic Avenue and then end up having to sell it. I can't remember what the yellows were, but I always wanted all the yellows. I was very like emotionally biased playing this game. I'm like, the yellows are mine. I think New York is one of the yellows. Um, yeah, New York is one. It's been so long. I don't know. Something Gardens. Marvin Gardens. Uh-huh. Marvin's Gardens or something. No, I feel like that was a green. Is there another Gardens? Hold on. I don't know. I was very biased toward getting all the yellows. And eventually my sisters caught on to this. And so they start. we had this thing where we would trade properties or like sell each other our properties, you know, black market deals in Monopoly. Um, and then I, they started charging me like two grand to get the yellows. And I, I paid it because <laughs> I wanted them. Uh, and basically uh, that sums up my financial state these days. Yeah. All right, so in the yellow version, and I'm just realizing here that there's multiple versions. What? I was right now, yeah, in the standard U.S. You're just blowing my mind, Rich. There's Marvin Gardens, Ventnor Avenue, and Atlantic Avenue. Yes. But in the, there's a mega edition, and then there's also California Avenue in the mega edition. So there's four instead of three yellow properties yeah that sounds excessive (laughs) and in the uk edition it's entirely different names it's leicester square Uh, and yeah yeah they model it after the major city ours happens to be new york the u.s happens to be new york and it's modeled after that makes a lot of sense that the uk is like London. Yeah. I get it. 
I get it. Mm. I do love Monopoly. You know, a house mom created Monopoly, like a housewife. I did not know that. A housewife made Monopoly. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I think she sold it for uh, some menial price, like 500. I feel like it was less than a grand. She sold the rights. Oh. Yeah. And it was originally intended as a game to like warn people of the evils of capitalism and <laughs> how to like escape that treachery. And then Mattel got a hold of it. And they were like, actually, we're going to make it really fun for everyone. Capitalism's great. To quote the philosopher Alanis Morissette, isn't it ironic? Yeah. Don't you think? Uh, she's a wild philosopher and a highly sensitive person. That does not her lyrics evoke so many emotions. They utilize so much imagery. I kind of love Alanis Morissette. I have a lot of respect for that woman. She's badass. Yeah. And it's funny. My niece was starting to listen to yeah, Jagged Little Pill. And yeah. We were talking about about a year ago. Actually, it was longer now. It was before the pandemic started. And mm-hmm. she was planning the tour. And mm-hmm. my niece was talking about, yeah, she's going out. It's the 25th anniversary. And I'm like, I went to the first Jagged Little Pill tour. Yeah. I, I, abs- I totally did. I-, I feel old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I was at the Destiny's Child reunion tour. They'd already disbanded and had a reunion tour. By the time I was in high school. Now Beyonce is still doing all her magical stuff. I'm in awe of Beyonce's career, honestly. Like, I love singing. I've always loved singing. Mm -hmm. Oddly, Taylor Swift was born a year after me. So I'm always, like, comparing my life to Taylor Swift's. Uh She's, like, a week and a year after me. Or, like, not a week and a year. Just shy. Just a week shy of a year younger than me. So I'm always like, oh, how many, how many platinum albums does she have now? That's right. That's right. Okay. She's dating who now? Oh, good. Good for her. Um, I don't have any platinum albums. Who am I dating? Mm, me, first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. It's going well. It's a very promising relationship. <sighs> but to have that constant like they're just such powerhouse women and i look up to and admire them so much and i look at me and i'm like i'm doing pretty well with what all i'm working with yeah you're doing just fine to me oh yeah there's more there's more coming i just needed to rest i had a lot of trauma that i wouldn't acknowledge and i was just schlepping it around on my back and it was really heavy and I actually really needed to rest. But this funny thing, I just learned this funny thing happens. Once I get to the point of exhaustion, I go into trance mode. And so I'm like, not even here. I'm checked out. And so it's really hard for me to understand when I need rest because I check out. I'm like, ah, body's too tired. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> this doesn't feel good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head to Jupiter. See you guys in a month. <laughs> yeah uh now that i'm more aware of that and actually taking rest that i need my life's coming together pretty nice nice do, do, do. yes we're just trucking along moving along i taught my first retreat wild emergence out in sedona holy hell i had no idea i was in for such an intense experience i mean it's jamie so i knew it was going to be intense Right. 
but I was like, I'm tough. I'm not tough. I check out when I get exhausted. (laughs) 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 That's not true. I'm tough. And I check out when I get exhausted. Yeah. There's plenty of room for Uh, But that was, that was a trip on many levels, many, many levels. Um, I can speak now without having anything planned to say that's new. That's super new for me. I can and I love it. Like to have no topic on here prior would have been incredibly anxiety inducing. Like, oh my, what am I even going to say? Like, what are we even talking about? How can I choose the appropriate words and how to present myself in the appropriate way if I don't even have a topic? I can relate to that. I struggle. Oh, yeah with not having everything tied together. I feel like I need to have a s- script. I have to have it memorized. Yes. It has to be perfect. And if I don't know exactly what it is I'm going to say, then that old stammer from when I was a kid starts to pop in. And I um no, because I feel like I have to fill in the space and I don't know the exact words. So I'm just going to keep making sounds until it happens. Yeah. So I still get stuck on that, but that's part of why I'm doing this the way I'm doing it. And, and I love it. I'm really grateful you are. And the crazy thing is, it was inspired by watching some of the stuff that my niece and nephew do. They're in their teens and their life is twitch feeds and watching gamers on youtube and some of them have podcasts and they just they'll have thousands of people on their feeds and you know what they have no plan they're just playing games and bullshit they just yammer on about whatever or there's like two or three of them and they're having a conversation like the kids would have at the lunch table in school but just talking there isn't sometimes really deep things happen they don't have to. Yeah. Sometimes it just goes where it needs to go. I feel like love the idea of having community where you can go where you need to go and go head deep and all of that. But you don't have to be there all day, every day. You don't. Sometimes Absolutely. You get to be silly and that's where your authenticity is. Yeah. Being a damn kid, being that five-year-old for me it was a five-year-old chasing people around with a microphone getting them to talk to me yeah or do the same thing with like my stuffed animals or whatever because it was what felt good and for other people it was dancing or singing or just playing in dirt i love playing in dirt too oh god yeah i used to i love all these things I used to make these like mud pies and I'd be like, this is lunch for Oscar the Grouch. Ah, I had Oscar the Grouch on my third birthday cake and I chose him, which is why I had him for my third birthday cake. I love Oscar the Grouch. I really, really do. From three years old, I understood his perspective and was like, yeah, that's my man. (laughs) Uh, I don't know any other three-year-old that's like, I want Oscar the Grouch. That's what I want for my birthday. He was always so honest. He's just like, go away. (laughs) But the thing with Oscar is external, gruff, go away, leave me alone. Yes. I'm going to eat a certain pace, slam down the garbage can. But he was a softie at the end of it. Of course. 
course. That's why I needed all those defense mechanisms. Yep. I needed so many boundaries because these just really fucking soft and squishy in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, this is a this is an epic potential rant here. Like Oscar the Grouch is the poster child of childhood defenses. Oh yeah. He's like the ultimate introvert. Yeah. That all of Sesame Street is like, come out on your trash can. He's like, go away. Learned that it worked for him. So he yeah. just slammed everything down. Nobody got in. And that's just how it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing an odd amount of parallels in my own life. <laughs> yeah. Three-year-old me knew a lot. Three-year-old's pretty damn with it. I know a two-year-old named Finley. She's like one of the smartest people I know. No joke. There's nothing this child says that's like, why? Well, that's weird. I don't really get that. Everything I've ever heard her say, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. God, that makes so much sense. Are you sure you're just barely two? You sound like a 60-year-old therapist. Like, I I don't know. If I'm buying this two-year-old little body facade you've got in front of me. She's so smart. Yeah amazement at watching these littles and they don't give a shit they're just gonna say what comes through and then i look back and then i look at the mirror i'm just like what happened where is my some of that it's almost like in a way adulthood is learning how to get that two-year-old back successful adulthood i totally agree good ad totally agree like the the adult that thrives is like the child that survived. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely lost my child for a while there. It was like, oh, society says I should do this. Let me do this. I'll get married. I'll buy a house. Yeah, sure. Why not? Inner child was screaming no. And adult Emily was not listening. She's like, no, society says this. You're a good girl. You're going to follow the rules. And you're going to do this. Uh-uh. That's not where it's at. Exactly. We learned that we're supposed to do things the quote-unquote right way, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> That's bullshit propaganda. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. There is no right way. I literally say that in every single class I teach in tree pose. There is no right way. There are a couple wrong ways, but there is no right way. No. The wrong way, by the way, is putting pressure on your knee. Don't like it, um, and that's like the only wrong. And that's just because it can cause harm. Harm is wrong. Don't harm yourself. Other than that, free game. Yeah. I love my little sproutlings. Have you ever seen the video for "No Rain" by Blind Melon? I love that song. I'm seeing a bee mm-hmm. jumping in a puddle. I'm seeing that someone is- in a bee costume jumping in a puddle. But that's all yeah. I got. Like that's all I recollect in the video right now. When you get toward the end of the video and b-girl gets to that place the gate i think it's a gate that opens up and there's this lush green field and there are all kinds of people in bee costumes just dancing around having a great old time and she's just like i'm home bitches and she just starts dancing along and she's just in there with everybody else and they're all dancing together and that always just really, that end scene just always really hit me. Yeah. I'm going to have to go and watch that video. Because that's what I feel like now that I've like entered 
dipped my toes into the coaching world. Mm -hmm. All these people are interested in becoming the best version of themselves. And that's my family. Like that's, that's what I'm interested in. Like ever since I got divorced, I'm like, no more. I can't be like, I consider my ex-husband collateral damage to my trauma. And I really, really cared about this person really really cared about this man but i had no idea how to care for myself let alone anybody else and so he ended up being now what i consider collateral damage like our marriage is in the wake of my trauma that's something i did and i never wanted to hurt anyone like that again that was super painful um for me so i mean we haven't talked about it but i'm sure it was also incredibly painful for him Right. To just have like ten years evaporate overnight, and I just like couldn't, I couldn't do that to anyone again, especially not myself, but also not someone that I cared about as much as I did. And people will say, "Oh, they never really loved you if they were going to cheat on you, or they never really." Well, I didn't know how to love. I didn't know how, and so just being unwavering in my will to not go back to that pattern of hurting anyone else and myself and understanding that now within the coaching spectrum like there it's full of people who've had these painful experiences that they just don't want to deal with that kind of pain that was self-inflicted or self-caused coaching words it's, it's full of people like me who are like I'm, I'm sick of causing pain I'm sick of receiving pain what can I do about it? Um, and so it feels a lot like that. Like, oh my God, you guys are my people. Let's all dance and be happy together. Uh, I found you. My family. Exactly. Learning how to have our needs met in a healthier way and being able to better communicate that is so much of it. You know, if we don't know how to communicate or tell people what we need, we start getting the idea that they can't provide it and we go looking for it elsewhere. And all of this, it's not, and absolutely none of that is a conscious decision. Yeah. It just kind of happens until you start to see it and you start to bring it out of the subconscious and you start seeing, okay, I have a need for X, Y, and Z. And my responsibility is to ask for help in getting that need met and communicating it. Because if you're with somebody, they're not Nostra freaking Damas. They're not going to know until it's made aware. And communication, communication, communication is so important. Yet so many of us don't have a natural gift of it and don't know it's a thing we have to learn. Yes. Until we're in the middle of some shit show, either a marriage blowing up or some other situation where things, all there is is pain all around. Yeah. I had it in my head that I was a really good communicator because I could give people what they need. I could intuit what someone needs and give it to them. But I ended up full of resentments because I couldn't communicate my own needs. I couldn't recognize or communicate my own needs. And so this led to a lot of resentments in relationships, even past my ex-husband. Like, ew. (laughs) To put it very lightly, ew. Me not understanding my needs is one thing. And me not being able to 
communicate them is another, but me thinking that I'm this great communicator because I can intuit others needs. Like it just put this giant wall in front of me and my needs were all of a sudden just, they were unheard by myself or anyone else. But there's this, this solid brick wall with that thought of I'm a great communicator. I know how to get people what they want. And so I was thinking, yeah, I was, I was really head heavy. I was thinking I was doing a great job communicating because I could meet anyone's needs. I would go above and beyond to meet anyone's needs. And I'm like, well, I'm totally holding up my end of the communication bargain. Somebody meet my needs. Anybody meet my needs. I, no one knew my needs. They're not Nostradamus. They're not Miss Cleo. They don't know my needs. I barely knew my needs. And so that barrier was really tough to get past that like, but I am a good communicator. I've been in customer service for almost a decade. Like I, I'm good at this. I know, I know. And that thinking that I knew was what was holding me back the whole time from actually knowing. And what you think is knowing is just surviving. Yep. If you give, 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 keeps them in the room up until the point where you're completely depleted because there's no receive, receive, receive. 100%. I was like, karma's going to balance this out somehow. I give everything to everyone. Karma's going to return it to me. (sighs) Not in the way that I thought. Yeah. Karma kind of has its own thing and it's not as clear as I think it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very good mirror. (laughs) It's not a give and take thing. It's not transactional. It's not. It's what do you need to learn? And I'm going to create all these shit shows and put them around you. And they're going to keep happening until eventually you figure it out. You want to leave your marriage to explore another relationship? And you think your life's going to be better in that new relationship? Oh, just wait. Here's a mirror. It's still you in the relationship until you fix that. Hard no. Everything's kind of out of place. Why does this thing keep happening? The same result, different people over and over. Why are they all picking on me? Why am I not seeing the common denominator here, which is me? Oh, wait. That's right. I never look at me. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love people that are still in the place to have the audacity to be like, I attract narcissists. I know that's like a hot button issue. Yeah. Just the word narcissist is like, ah, everyone's a narcissist these days. And we all have narcissistic tendencies. Who doesn't want to be liked? We've all got narcissistic tendencies. But to say, I just attract narcissists. I'm like, okay, so you're an unhealed empath that hasn't looked at your own self to see why this happens. And you're just continuing to blame it on the other. Okay. And I only I... say this having been that person. <laughs> like. Yeah. I hold no judgment to that person. I love and am friends with some of those people. It also kind of gives me the chuckles now that I have looked at myself. I'm like, oh, there is a reason why I keep attracting the same type of person. It's me. It's what's in my field. Back, I did a post about, I didn't necessarily put it about narcissism, but you can easily go there with it. And I was talking about the concept of toxic to you. And people people that, you know what, they, there may be something about your relationship with them and it brings Mm -hmm. out the absolute worst in you or in them 
or in both. And it doesn't mean that they couldn't go and figure it out with you know, somebody else. Yeah. And I was really keeping on that in there. person was toxic. Right. And that relationship oh, was probably toxic. But that yeah, person that doesn't mean that person is. Yeah. And oh, did that not go over well? Yeah. I had a lot of people don't like that. hearing that they might be the problem. <laughs> Or even a part of the problem. Right. And it does now, when I say it, that doesn't mean that if somebody is just a really abusive piece of shit, that, oh, it must have been something you did. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But there could be something about what is it that is a constant that makes it easier for you to get into that situation. Yes. And what again, boundaries did you not uphold to allow this one right. in? Yeah. The situation's not your fault, but <clears throat> the solution is your responsibility. Yes. That's just life. Exactly. It's up to you to fix it so that you can avoid the next asshole. Yeah. Entirely. Honestly, I think that's why I've been single for so long. It's because I'm like unwilling to adventure and find out who's an asshole or not. I'm just unwilling at this point. I'm like, I'm not healed all the way. I'm not going to attract anyone healthy. And there is no all the way healed. And I do understand that. Of course, you can have really deep relationships during your healing that might even support your healing and growth. But I don't think I'm there yet. I really don't. I don't. I would like to be on solid footing. Like, financially that's a real like self-worth issue for me to not be on solid financial footing now that the pandemic's lifted i'm well on my way there but that's one of the things that's really held me back from dating like i want to be in a place where i feel really good about myself and accept nothing less than i would be able to give myself from anyone else and right now it's not where i am Makes sense. And maybe it's about just getting to that space internally and finding that peace with yourself with not worrying about X thousands of dollars or why dating and just really just going for that for yourself. And then once you get there, then the rest of it falls into place. That's what I'm banking on. (laughs) That's how I see it working out. Honestly. Like I have my career in order. I have my own home life in order. And anyone I invite into my life after that, we'll see how it goes. I'd love to journey with someone. Just not yet. Right. I'm having fun learning how to journey on my own and really trust my own bearings, my own direction. Uh, yeah. It will and come in time. All you need to do right now. Yes. And it's just like, I, I understand that I'm where I need to be. And right now that's with me. Like I spent my formative years in a relationship from 15 to 25. I was in a relationship. I honestly don't need any more time in a relationship at this point in time. I learned a lot and can grasp a lot from that and the subsequent relationships. And I really feel I need to be on my own. And just understand what life means to me as myself, as that surviving child. And then that child's going to find somebody else around the sandbox. Right. 
And then we can like journey and storm around the jungle gym together. And ultimately, if down the road things fall into place, you want to have, you're still going to want to have your journey. They're still going to have their journey. And then there's creation of the third, there's three journeys. And that second one connecting for the third one happens the right person, the right moment. Why stress? Oh, yeah. I'm convinced. I'm also really focused on like friendships now. Like I'm so in love with love right now. Parental love, childhood love, friendship love, the love of food. Like I just love love right now. I'm at this point in my life where I'm in love with everyone for exactly who they are. And I've never experienced this before in my life. Like this is this, I feel like I'm on a new planet where I can just be open and vulnerable with almost anyone. Um, and it's amazing. And I'm sure one of these days, my heart's going to get trampled on. And I'll be like, oh, why did I trust that person? But right now, I love everybody. Everybody. It's just like, we're all so complex. Every stranger that you pass has their own intricate story with other stories woven into it. We've all got our own version of trauma and our own version of true happiness. Yeah. Each person is like a novel that's never been written and that no one might ever know if they never feel vulnerable or comfortable enough sharing. But each person is this walking history book of emotions. And that just fucking fascinates me. Like I'm in awe just being around people again. I don't know if that's because, you know, we were isolated and COVID or if it's the wild emergence or some kind of combination of all the spiritual intellectual work I've been doing. But damn, like I'm in love with humanity straight I up. You. And I love that you went there because I've been fascinated. I've been with that in the space off and on even before COVID. Yeah. I would love at some point down the road to create some sort of a project that's kind of like this hybrid of Profiles and Courage meets Humans of New York and just... I love Humans of New York. I don't know the other one. um, Profiles and Courage is a book by that John F. Kennedy wrote before he became president. And tales of older uh, politicians and statesmen and the ones he chose in a lot of ways were considered quote unquote failures for different reasons. Ah, And he talked about why that was, but then why that's also not true. He told like whole stories about those several different ones that he did and, Mm -hmm. and why I like that so much as a tie in is so many people have those stories and I like the idea of calling them hero stories. You have your existence, you have your failure, you have your crash and burn, you have the thing you're trying to avoid. And then at the end, you have your moment where you get to shine at some point, you overcome. Mm -hmm. And everybody's had those moments where they've had to overcome. And sometimes they just don't even know it. Yes. You just inspired a great quote in me. I don't know if I've seen it before or what, but every hero's journey starts as the fool. Yeah. Every single one. Like that's, that's a part of the journey. That is the first experience of every hero's journey. 
is recognizing the fool. And the fear of being accepted as the fool is oftentimes the obstacle that they have to get past to start the journey. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I get chills. Yeah, I love that. Is that Campbell? Joseph Campbell? I forget who wrote The Hero's Journey. I think it was. I was like, it's probably about time to wrap it up. I mm-hmm. just had a blast. That's so much fun just shooting the shit with you. <laughs> like, Same. Uh, I was like, do I bring up yoga? Do I bring up mindfulness? There was a lot of, a lot of inner dialogue going on before I hopped on. But I'm super happy with our conversation. Awesome. Me too. Is there anything you want to share that you want to put out there? Em? Ooh. Um, I just want to share with everyone that if you're having a rough time to take it very easily on yourself, life is hard enough as it is. And you will do yourself worlds of good by being the balance to life, by being easy and peaceful within yourself. Breathe deep, breathe deep and easy. Amen. Yeah. A lot comes back when you just take a breath. Mm-hmm. All righty. It's good talking to you. Thank you, Em. Oh, that was fun. I hope you got as much value as I know I did. I just want to clarify a couple of things. One, I wanted to confirm that the hero's journey was, in fact, Joseph Campbell. And additionally, I want to clarify when we were talking about Monopoly, we thought that the U.S. version used streets in New York City, which makes sense, of course. I have since learned, wait for it, that Monopoly, the streets were actually from Atlantic City, New Jersey, which I did not know. And now I do. And now you do. And it ties into, toward the end, the line that M came up with is really cool quite powerful how every hero's journey starts as the fool and ultimately every single one of us does get to play both of the roles we come in as a blank slate we can't not play the fool we have to start somewhere we learn to be the hero from our experience as the fool and it's important to be able to embrace both it's all part of the journey and yes at certain points We all get to play the hero. It may not be anything big in the whole scheme of the world knowing about it, but there's somebody in your life where at some point you've been their hero. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't, but it's true. You can find Emily out on Instagram. Her handle is at waxlotuswellness altogether. If you need help spelling it out, it will be in the show notes. We'd love to hear what... People think of this episode. We went a lot of places and there's a lot to take in. Would love to hear what you think. Shoot me a comment. Shoot me a message. If content like this rocks your world, please like, subscribe, share, follow, spread the word, tell a friend, tell an enemy. I appreciate that you spent your time with us today. And for that, I'm absolutely grateful. I'm Rich Levesque. This is... Misfits, Wanderers, and the rest of us. Take care, be safe, and be well. All content is the property of the respective creators. All opinions are solely those of the participants and do not reflect those of any of the hosting platforms. Misfits, Wanderers, and the rest of us is produced through Beacon Road Ministry. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.